Well, greetings. It's another day, and What's Up the Sports Podcast is back at you on Facebook and Twitter at What's Up Podcast. That's, of course, with 1P. So, uh, how big a sports fan are you? I mean, sure, maybe you follow your favorite athletes on social media as well as certain broadcasters. You listen to sports shows on your way to work, maybe during a workout. But if you haven't heard of Homestand Sports, they have taken sports consumption to a whole new level. I uh, came to learn of Homestand Sports when attending a panel discussion regarding soccer last year. And after attending a watch party for the Manchester Derby, I thought this is a dream for sports fans to enjoy. An event where you can converse with nationally recognized uh, sportscasters, have a couple of pops, and of course watch the big game. I've had a blast attending events by Homestand Sports. And by the way, they have a big event on Saturday night, which we will talk about during today's episode. A discussion about event company Homestand Sports. This is What's Up, the Sports Podcast. Oh, what a night. Tonight, it feels like. So gone are the days of families gathering around the radio on Saturday nights watching Hockey Night in Canada. Definitely more and more initiatives and perspectives and ways to consume sports is uh, at the forefront, especially uh, these days. People are watching on their crystal clear high definition TVs, watching on their cell phones, and of course watching it in their favorite favorite uh, drinking establishments. However, as I mentioned in our uh, intro, there is a relatively new and unique perspective of more interaction when it comes to industry professionals as well as question and answer sessions. It's from Homestand Sports. Here to talk about it is in-production host of Homestand Sports, Sam Davis. Sam, thank you so much for joining me on What's Up the Sports podcast. Randy, what's up? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I mean, uh, it's uh, definitely an exciting time to be a sports fan. It's it's probably one of the most exciting times, right? We just had the NFL wrapping up, and you know we're heading into kind of the hotbed of NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs. You know, tennis is starting up. Uh, you know, MLB off season's heating up now. You know, you got the spring training not too far away. So yeah, no, it's it's always an exciting time. Uh, leading into the spring months where the big playoff months are. It's, uh, it's always an exciting time of February, for sure. And definitely, there's a lot of talking points, especially when you're talking about baseball. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll uh, uh, chat about a couple of uh, hot-button issues. Of course, uh, Houston and the uh, New York Mets and the Boston Red Sox, they're all looking for new managers with one of the most bizarre and the, one of the more unfortunate scandals to hit uh, Major League Baseball, dare I say sports, but... Wanted to talk uh, first and foremost uh, to get a better idea of what Homestand Sports is about. I uh, attended an event, uh, which is uh, where you and I uh, first uh, came t- uh, came and crossed paths. Can you uh, describe what exactly and how Homestand Sports came into form? It's so funny. So, like I, so Homestand Sports, what we do, we do a mixture of panel discussions, kind of the great intro for us, panel discussions, and watch parties. 
Um, so what that means, uh, it all started back about four, yeah, four or five years ago uh, with our first brand, Pitch Talks, which was kind of an open concept format where, you know, diehard baseball fans would get together and we would bring in some of the most respected journalists, TV broadcasters, um, anyone, uh, Twitter pundits, you name it, would kind of come together and we would have these discussions that, you know, you wouldn't really see on mainstream media. Obviously, there's a ton of different uh, outlooks and a ton of different things that are happening on television that, you know, you can't, there's so many things to talk about that you can't get it within a clean 30-minute to an hour format where we kind of made this open format concept where people can kind of get together with people who are super smart and very involved in the game and kind of bring them together and have that community aspect of it. So that's kind of how it started. And it's kind of blossomed into this sort of watch, kind of gathering of sports fans, whether it's watch parties, whether it's, you know, bringing Twitter communities, Facebook communities, uh, just kind of bringing them together and enjoying the sport they, that we love. We have four different um, different arms to Homestead. There's Tackle Talks, there's Pitch Talks, there's Footy Talks, there's Hoop Talks for all the different sports. And what we do is we're trying to create a community and to kind of not take them offline, but kind of, you know, have that familiarity with, hey, I know, I follow you on Twitter. Let's kind of bring them in the same room, have a beer, and, and talk about the sport we love. So that's kind of, you know, what we wanted to do, what we want to do with Homestead and what we kind of accomplished for sure. So did a uh, did Pitch Talks uh, start first? Yeah. Was, was the goal to have uh, both things coincide together, uh, whether, uh, whether it's your talks segment and watch parties, or was it just... Uh, you started with pitch talks. Were you just thinking of having sort of like, uh, you know, seminars, for lack of a better term, of, you said, baseball? Was that sort of like the one way and it just sort of branched off into multiple forms? Yeah, the first was, was obviously the talks. And that was kind of the what, what brought people out and kind of what made us speak. Because obviously, you know, you are watching, we are all watching the sports, whether it's at bars, you were talking on your phone and TVs and stuff. And what we were doing, we wanted to create that community with it. So when the watch parties kind of, we start to realize, and again, all these people who are in this room also like to watch sports, right? So let's try and, you know, merge them together where we can provide, you know, a professional panel with expert uh, talking points on whatever the sport is and, you know, bring together a community of like-minded sports fans. That's kind of where the watch parties sort of turned into. Uh, obviously, we have a great relationship with the rec room where we hold the majority of our uh, watch parties, which is a fantastic facility of like humongous televisions, fantastic beer selection, food selection. So it's kind of an ideal spot to watch a game that's kind of in central downtown Toronto. And yeah, it's just kind of like been sprouted once we kind of grew that relationship with the rec room, the watch parties kind of turned, uh, kind of blew up. And, you know, we became, we, we added programming. We're adding basically a second screen experience to the, the sporting atmosphere, the sporting, uh, well, basically viewing sports. So, uh, and with that said, now, from my perspective, uh, you know, as a customer and how you're describing this, you know, I'm not the biggest comic book guy in the world, but I, I for one, know that this kind of dynamic and just having the interaction and the uh, participation from uh, sportscasters, etc. These multi uh, uh, multi-dimensional uh, ways to consume sports. It's like Comic Con. Uh, is that fair to say? Comic, yeah. Comic Con is obviously a lot uh, 
bigger than what we've got going on. Of course. <laughs> They've been around for many years and, you know, fill out convention centers. We're not exactly there just yet. Um, but it is, there are a lot of similarities, right? It's putting people with similar interests in the same room. Now, again, with the evolution of technology, you know, a lot of us connect, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Reddit forums. You know, there is obviously hot pockets on the Internet where you're able to voice your opinion on particular sports and, and create sort of these online communities. But I personally feel that, you know, there's something missing with those sort of interactions, right? You're lacking that face-to-face, you know, arguing about whether, you know, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is going to make the jump to being an all-star this season. Or, you know, it's, you know those kind of like back-and-forth banters you have when you're out talking sports at a bar or at a different establishment, right? So that's kind of, we want to create a forum that brings together sports fans and brings together uh, people who are consuming sports and be able to kind of get together, have a drink about it, debate, discuss, all that kind of stuff in a, in a safe environment. So, yeah, there are similarities to Comic-Con, but I think, obviously, we, we've got a couple more uh, steps to hit until we, uh, we get to that level for sure. So to give an idea of what kind of watch parties, for example, uh, Homestand Sports organize, organizes. So uh, they had such events as the Manchester Derby, which uh, took place at the uh, Ontario Place Cinesphere. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, an event that is going to be coming up on Saturday. Uh, and it's going to be a really exciting uh, matchup, especially for hockey fans in the greater Toronto area. How do you and your group uh, determine that an or, an event should be organized? Like, I, I can't just simply think that you're looking at the calendar and say, Raptors are playing the Spurs, DeMar is coming back to Toronto, uh, we should have something going. There must be a lot of uh, steps to this process. Yeah, no, I think it's all started, again, Kevin Kennedy, who's the, the kind of creator and founder of Homestead, He's taking a pretty good temperature on what the sports scene is like here in Toronto and what kind of will work uh, in a watch party setting, right? So, again, he started with the baseball, and when the reason the baseball talks kind of were hitting the, the baseball avenue of our, our business was doing so well was because it was at the peak season where the Blue Jays were, you know, hitting those back-to-back playoff runs, right? Uh, obviously, right now, last season we had some incredible hoop talks watch parties because everyone was getting behind the excitement of the Raptors. So it's all dependent again on, you know, marquee matchups. Again, as you said, we've got the Leafs Canadians, so there will always be an appetite for that sort of rivalry. Um, but also just again, we've we've collected a lot of information just from our I'm trying to say this. We've, we, we basically, we know our consumer, we know our customer that comes out to our events and kind of what they want to see uh, out of their watch parties. So we kind of like look at that and say, you know, we hosted a Liverpool, we, we hosted the Liverpool Champions League final last year. We know the Liverpool fans like to get together and watch these games together. Why not host a Liverpool watch party that we hosted in January? We hosted the Liverpool United and Liverpool Tottenham that were great. Um, so it's just being able to kind of, you know, we've, we've done these events the last four or five years. We know kind of what, who our clientele is, who our customers that keeps coming out to these, and we want to, you know, be able to bring them out and show them, you know, a good time. So that's how we kind of pick uh, what, sort of, uh, what, what sort of games we kind of want to showcase for our watch parties. Is there uh, one event that is more stressful between watch parties and uh, your talk series uh, that is more 
stressful to organize from either yours or your colleagues' point of view? In terms of, uh, like, what do you mean, just, like, logistically or just... Well, I guess just in terms of, yeah, maybe uh, logistically, just, uh, you know, I mean, your talk series usually do include uh, very high profile uh, uh, sportscasters or uh, people with, uh, you know, a certain amount of uh, uh, followership on uh, various platforms. In terms of getting the word out, in terms of, I guess, what is more uh, popular for your, uh, for your patrons to attend to. Is, is one more, I guess, challenging in a sense, or do you find yeah, it the same? I get, I get what you're saying. I don't think it's, it, it's obviously the easiest games are the, like, in terms of promoting, are the big ones, right? So when we hosted the MLS Cup Final uh, at the rec room, and then we did the MLS semifinal, the Sinosphere, there was a huge appetite for that, right? A lot of people were invested in that team. It was, uh, you know, a lot of excitement around that which is a little different than, you know, trying to promote a mid-season uh, Leafs versus uh, Columbus Blue Jackets game. For we, we don't have one of those, but I'm sure. saying that would be a lot harder to promote than kind of like, you know, a higher stakes game. But to be honest, like in terms of kind of having, ta- like getting talent out, we've been super lucky to uh, have a partnership with The Athletic and they have been so gracious at uh, kind of, gaining us access to their writers who are super talented and being able to uh, kind of be involved in the homestand product. So we've had from all different sports, their basketball writers, their hockey writers, their baseball writers have all been involved in our kind of platform over the years. And we've been super lucky just to kind of have that sort of partnership with them. So I don't think in terms of kind of, you know, it's, it's very different. They vary all the watch parties kind of, you know, have it their own different beasts. Uh, but I think in terms of the Toronto sports scene, obviously fans gravitate to when the team is doing well. Uh, so again, right now, as I said, the Hoop Talks rally parties, the Leafs rally parties are something that, you know, there's a lot big appetite for. Uh, but I, for this season, it's, you know, going to be tough to do a lot of Blue Jays rally parties because the team is just, you know, it's not projecting to do well. We don't know if that's going to happen in the summer, but, you know, it's just the the appetite for the city always goes around the winning team. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very different compared to the different sports, but I don't think one is harder than, uh, than the other. So, you know, with that said, uh, I mean, this function of, uh, of yours, Homestand Sports has been around for uh, about five years. And you know, in that time, we've seen a lot of changes in the sports broadcasting landscape, but, here in the uh, Toronto area, some big names have, uh, you know, left their uh, uh, positions within uh, some fixtures in uh, Toronto sports radio. Of course, Bob McCowan and uh, Nick Kiprios uh, ending his uh, time at uh, Sportsnet. And you see providers like The Zone making a huge statement in sports viewing, uh, pay-per-view and so on. Do you think that uh, your function, uh, have you guys talked about what, uh, homestand sports is going to look like five, ten years from now. Is that is it hard to predict uh, or project what kind of changes may come? Yeah, it's uh, one thing I think I just keep going back to is that you know people are always going to be watching sports, right? Whether it's on TSN, whether it's on DAZN, 
whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Amazon, you know, the, the actual product of sports, I think people will always gravitate to because it's, you know, it's, it's the one real life drama narrative that people always kind of go to. Right. So, you know, how I didn't look at the numbers for the Super Bowl, but obviously they're always off the charts because, you know, it's a fantastic product and a spectacle and you never know what's going to happen. It's the, you know, it's not scripted, right? There's so many different television series that are out there that, you know, there's a reason that um, so many people gravitated because it's kind of like the real life reality television, right? It's not scripted. It's not Jersey Shore or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's sports is this incredible drama. So in terms of kind of our products, it's, uh, I don't see it changing. Again, we Obviously, we've changed in the last over over five years. It's become you know fifty fifty with the panel chats and the watch parties. But again, I think the whole goal is the same, right? The same goal for us is to be able to bring people out and bring the community of sports fans together. So again, I don't, I, I can't foresee kind of what we're going to look like in the next, you know. 10, 15 years, but I, I know for sure that the goal is going to be the exact same as to bring out the community, bring sports fans together, and make sure, you know, everyone's having a good time and still talking about sports, right? So, yeah, that's like, hey, uh, I, I, that, in terms of changes, I think that's kind of like the main thing. I, I don't see too, too much happening. Yeah, it, it is uh, kind of difficult to predict that, and uh, it definitely remains to be seen, but I guess uh, what I'm really fascinated by is that the interaction of whether it be celebrities whether it be sportscasters from uh, someone's phone uh, social media being what it is now you're actually getting that experience and uh, your function is bringing it yourself especially with these panel discussions in uh, terms of your talk series and the majority of your events are in the gta however you do have events outside you had a world junior uh, hockey championship watch party in london and there was a couple of events in the province of Alberta as well uh, between the Battle of Alberta and uh, the NHL. You had a great cup party as well. Also, uh, I came to learn on your website uh, that you had a puck talk section uh, uh, session with uh, Ryan Johansson of the Nashville Predators. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that must have been something. I mean, obviously, I mean, we could uh, go on and have a completely... Uh, different conversation about how hockey uh, has uh, has taken off uh, so well in Nashville all of a sudden. But uh, like, what kind of groundwork uh, comes from investigating events outside of the GTA? So I'll tell you the one thing about Ryan, the Ryan Johansson show is that was all um, our good colleague uh, who also works with the homestand, Katie Caldwell. Uh, she's based out of BC. She worked uh, with the Predators, I think, for a couple, a couple of years and was able to kind of establish those connections and, and kept kind of pest, not just basically asking to, uh, you know, host a puck talks down in Nashville because the appetite for hockey is there. So she honestly, she organized the whole thing. She got the venue, you know, was able to kind of put something together. So honestly, shouts out to Katie Caldwell. I don't know if she's going to listen to this, but <laughs> it was kind of instrumental to uh, everything kind of down in that Nashville show, getting Ryan Johansson. For, um, and so the Oilers and Flames parties and the ones in London, Again, this goes back to our great relationship that we have with the Rec Room. The Rec Room has kind of been this incredible venue for us to host these watch parties, and they, again, are located in all these different locations with two different uh, locations in Edmonton, one in Calgary. Uh, they have the three here in Ontario, the one in Toronto, this 
Mississauga, and London. And I believe they also have one in St. John's. So they've kind of been, you know, they know kind of what we're about. They know the clientele and the crowd that we bring out. And there's not a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of different bars and establishments that are showing the game, but they don't kind of have that added programming aspect that we provide, right? They don't have, you know, we're bringing kind of a, uh, a TV studio, like a diet TV studio product before the game. And then we're also adding it with, you know, these trivia contests that we have going out to the game. Um, all the content we're shooting on our Instagram and Twitter. It's kind of like, you know, we're this little small production company that's using their space just to watch a sports game, right? There's not many bars that are, uh, that are kind of doing that right now. So they've been fantastic and they kind of know what we're about and we've been able to kind of expand into those different markets. And, you know, there's, there's diehard sports fans and diehard um, people who want to kind of get into this industry and want to be hosts all around Canada, right? So, you know, there's an appetite for people who want to watch Oilers play his games. Uh, there's an appetite for people, again, who wanted to watch the Great Cup. So in order to make those shows successful, we, we've kind of been able to gauge that, uh, not to mention that we have done shows in all across Canada, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, through our athletic tour that we did back in September, October. And, again, we just kind of know that there's there's – a definite appetite for all of their sports sporting needs. You know, Winnipeg fans are, uh, sorry, Winnipeg uh, citizens are, you know, huge fans of the Jets and the Blue Bombers. The Calgary fans are diehard Flames fans and Stampeders. We kind of know that. And we've been able to kind of cater shows uh, for those uh, clients. So no, it's been it's been great, and it it is a lot of work to kind of be able to kind of liaise all that stuff. But it's uh, it's definitely worth it to see kind of what our product is. It's kind of going uh, across Canada, so it's been great. So uh, you did mention this uh, in the beginning, but so now that it, I mean, and I do find it fascinating that uh, the first event was a pitch talks because obviously the Blue Jays took uh, this country by storm uh, in uh, 2015, of course, in 16 as well, and you could see uh, how much uh, of the country just gravitated towards the Raptors, and of course uh, the Blue Jays have. Uh, are in a rebuilding process right now and uh, that you could see also that the Raptors and the Leafs and uh, other uh, sports may be ahead in terms uh, or uh, in front of the Blue Jays for example in terms of uh, what fans are uh, perhaps watching on a more consistent basis so with that said it is fair to say that you are putting more resources right now and just sort of uh waiting for the uh, right time to reinvestigate uh, more baseball events when the time comes, of course, uh, during the peak of baseball season, when the Jays uh, start to improve and so on. Yeah, no, I think just like in terms of just putting more resources in uh, to like specific sports, obviously, again, as I mentioned, the Raptors' success was incredible for us in, uh, in May and June. You know, we had, we had a show after the championship with, you know, Danny Green and Fred Van Fleet. We were able to get access with that. And, you know, we had almost, I want to say, it was like 300 people on a show just for that, right? And that's because, again, there was so much excitement for the Raptors. But, again, I think it just kind of goes back to there are, you know, there's so many diehard sports fans, but then, you know, it kind of caps off uh, a certain amount that want to watch, you know, a particular team who's not doing well, right? Like, let's, if we were to look back, you know, in the, the 
late 2000s when the Raptors were at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, it was it was tough to get people to go out to those games, right? It was you had to you had the gimmicks of the hundred point pizza games and and all that kind of stuff, right? It was just it's it's a very diff, it's amazing kind of to see what winning does uh, to a city. So, do I think obviously that once the you know the Blue Jays start this whole rebuild and hopefully can hit the peak of their powers that they were a couple of years ago, will everyone get excited again about the Blue Jays? Of course, right? You get all those casual fans who are reading about what's going on with the Blue Jays in the offseason. You're getting super excited about it. But, again, I think with our particular company, it's just that winning – the winning culture is so important that I feel like it just kind of sparks the excitement of the city. And I think that's just like – for it's not just Toronto. I think that's any sports town, right? If you don't have a team that's doing well, it's, it's really tough. It's tough for people to watch that, right? The, you know, the casual sports fan. Not everyone's, you know – super invested like you and I are but um, yeah I think just like it's winning is the most important thing and you, you see it kind of in the different sports communities whether it's any sport if your team's not winning it's uh, you know the excitement for that particular sport is just is not there so and uh, I, I could totally appreciate uh, you know how much information you're able to provide but you know, look I, we we both know how much uh how much interest the Blue Jays gained, of course, as I mentioned before, uh, during the playoff series, the Raptors, it goes without saying. And, I mean, do you think that if the Raptors were to uh, get into the playoffs and make a deep run, do you think that there is an opportunity to have more events outside of the province of Ontario? It, it just seems that basketball is just on a level that none of us ever thought was uh, possible. Oh, for sure. I totally think that. I think, you know, you just look at the all the, the establishing shots from last year's playoff run where they were having Jurassic Parks in Edmonton and Montreal and Nova Scotia, right? Like, everyone kind of got behind that team because it was our country's team, right? It was Canada's team. And for sure there's an opportunity for that. I uh, Again, that's, that's a bridge we'll cross if, you know, the Raptors end up going deep. But again, it's it's something we definitely want to explore. And also, again, we're trying to grow in Edmonton and Calgary and all these different locations because, you know, first of all, I'm a diehard Leafs fan. The Leafs, I don't know, you know, obviously they're, they're always getting out in the first round, right? It's always yeah, an issue sure. for them in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, we want to be able to grow that market, grow those markets for, let's say, the Oilers end up going deep into the playoffs. Let's see if the Flames end up going deep in the playoffs. Let's see if the... Winnipeg Jets, right? There's so many different Canadian markets that are going to go crazy if they end up getting to the Stanley Cup Finals, and we want to be able to provide a you know watch party experience that kind of go hand in hand with that excitement, right? So that's kind of our, our game plan right now is to kind of get into get into those markets and obviously provide a product that is different than just your regular sports viewing experience. And hey, as a guy who's a big Leaf fan as well. <laughs> it's been uh, since 1993 since a Canadian team, of course, won the Stanley Cup. Period, and yeah. uh, the fact that uh, I was really at the edge of my seat, hoping that Calgary was going to pull it off against Tampa, even Edmonton against uh, Carolina. I mean, Ottawa was a bit of a different story, and you know, I'm yeah. not a real big Vancouver fan. But uh, the the reality is that uh, hey, if uh, Calgary and an Edmonton, if a Winnipeg, if they can make. Uh, uh, and make it to the final. I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Canadians 
who are uh, really hoping that the Stanley Cup will come back home for sure. Is it, yeah, it's a definite excitement thing. And I think just, again, would love to see the Stanley Cup back in Canada. And, you know, we saw the excitement of what the Raptors, what the Raptors did last season and what it, how it kind of ignited. It kind of put everyone in Canada together. Everyone was glued to their television series. The same thing I remember I was working at Edmonton, uh, I want to say just a couple months after the Blue Jays run, and everyone was glued to their TVs there, right? So, again, there's obviously there's different teams in Canada, there's, but I think we're all rooting to kind of see a Canadian team take the Stanley Cup home in the next couple of years, hopefully. For sure. And actually, I was in Halifax uh, during Game 4 of the NBA Final, and mm-hmm. there were I was decked out in my Raptors gear, and there were... Beautiful. Uh, yeah, oh, and I, I mean, I, I didn't see... Uh, I think what do they call it? Atlantic uh, Atlantic Park or where whatever the uh, Raptors viewing party was in downtown Halifax. But you know there were a lot of people because uh, you know in the hotel uh, where I was staying they were just talking about Raptors and uh, it was just so uh, so wonderful to see and definitely I don't think uh, there you can have that kind of national appeal like the Raptors did obviously when you have seven teams in the NHL but. Uh, you know, you could uh, definitely get an increase in viewership, uh, especially if it's uh, uh, beyond two NHL uh, U.S.-based teams uh, playing for the final, for sure. Uh, had a couple more questions uh, for you, and with that, you, you think about like Bianca Andreescu, for example, who uh, took uh, the uh, sport of women's tennis to a whole new level. There was a lot of interest towards. Uh, her run to not only in terms of uh, here in Toronto, but in the uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. Open, and there were also this is not the first time where uh, Canadians have been uh, more and more interested in tennis. You had Eugenie Bouchard, you had Milos Raonic uh, making Wimbledon finals, and so on. Now you have people like Brooke Henderson and uh, Joey Votto won an MVP uh, for the uh, Cincinnati Reds in baseball, and I, I guess is. It must be really uh, uh, such a huge opportunity for homestand sports, not only the fact that uh, there are Canadian teams in the NHL who are doing well, and of course the Toronto Raptors, but there's a multitude of sports that are uh, experiencing a lot of Canadian success. Well, I will tell you this right now. I was the first person to message Kevin, who is in charge of kind of booking all the talent we get for our shows. We need to do Bianca Talks ASAP. <laughs> U.S. Open. However, who was our six degrees of Kevin Bacon? You know, obviously everyone wanted to kind of get a, get a hold of Bianca after she, after that U.S. Open final. And uh, But, yeah, it, honestly, it's, it's incredible to see all the, the Canadian athletes and how they've evolved over the last – how Canadian sports have evolved over the last 10, 15 years. Uh, two of our partners, we did events for uh, Canada basketball and Canada soccer – I want to say it was a couple months ago in kind of like August, September area. Um, the, the August event was Canada basketball. We had Nick Nurse out. It was kind of like a send-off chat panel before they headed off to the FIBA World Cup, which is awesome because we got to hear some great Nick Nurse stories about the NBA Finals. It's actually, there's a great video on our, our Twitter feed where our photographer asked him. To, he brought in a little clipboard, and he basically asked Nick Nurse to sign it. And... He was like, and Nick Nurse was like, hey, should I like draw a play? He's like, oh, sure, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll drop the Kawhi Game 7 winner. We're like, stop. Yeah, That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> Basically, he like drew up, he was thinking about all the players, he was like, oh, Kyle was here, and Serge was here. It's like, 
honestly, go check it out on our Hoop Talks Live uh, Twitter feed. It's, it's fantastic. But, um, but yeah, I think just like our partnerships that we've had with, with Canada Basketball and Canada Soccer, there's, you know, almost in every sport now, there's either an elite or, you know, very good professional player, uh, you know, kind of gracing the field or court or wherever it is, right? Like with, the, with Canada Soccer, I was at that uh, Canada-U.S. match where Canada beat the U.S. soccer team for the first time, and I believe it was over 35 years. Yeah, something like that, yeah, 30, 34 and years. And that was an electric, again, the first, I, I was the, the most casual Canada soccer fan, but after that game, I was hooked, right? Like watching world-class talent like Alfonso Davies who's playing with Bayern Munich right now, and, you know, the, the number of players who are playing in the MLS, whether it was TFC or Montreal Impact or... Um, you know the number of MLS teams. It's it's in a very it's a very exciting time for Canada sports. It doesn't really matter what the sport is. Um, you know we've been able to prove that we can create some of the top athletes. Kind of like being able to kind of collaborate and grow the sport and grow um, kind of notoriety to you know different sports or watch parties. Right? Like I know through the Raptors playoffs. I keep going back to that. But there was, you know, so many, you know, little kids who were at these events, right? Like watching the the Raptors win the championship, and they're going to remember that, you know, for the rest of, you know, their childhood going into adulthood, right? And you know, maybe they'll choose basketball because they watched the Raptors win, right? So, you know, it's it's a little bit of obviously I'm not taking credit for that kind of stuff. It's obviously the the athletes that are doing all the work, but you know, being able to provide sort of an outlet where people could watch and have a great time watching the sport. That's definitely kind of it, it. Makes me happy that we're able to kind of do stuff like that. So well, and you know, uh, on a side note, there, I, it's mm-hmm. something about Canada soccer that I'm uh, really, really interested in and a little bit concerned about. I, I uh, uh, personally was uh, uh, went to a, a lot of the World Cup qualifiers for Brazil, and mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the amount of people that showed up was quite poor I, you know as electric as that canada usa game was bmo field was nowhere near capacity and you you know you just uh, you could just smell that canada is on the right track when it comes to the women's team went to a canada usa uh, friendly a number of years ago and it was packed and if they could get that kind of uh, success now obviously the level of canadian success from the men's side to the women's side, you can't compare. I mean, Canada's uh, women's team is just, you know, uh, a perennial favorite to win its mm-hmm. uh, respective uh, championships and so on. But, you know, you just really hope that, uh, you know, the Alfonso Davies and the Jonathan David and so on can uh, can take Canada t- uh, to uh, the next level. And I, 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 guess, uh, I guess the question that uh, I, for one, have is that do you think that there could be more of an appetite outside of Toronto in terms of Canada soccer and uh, maybe uh, event parties in Vancouver, in Montreal? I mean, I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but is that something that, you know, you think that maybe uh, another, a different uh, city could sort of take the reins and uh, be uh, it's kind of like a, the place for Canada soccer, particularly the men's side? Yeah, specifically with with the men's side. Again, going back on our conversation earlier, I think it's just winning winning 
saves everything. Winning, winning is king when it comes to sports, right? Sure. So if, yep. if if Canada soccer can can put out a squad, and obviously they, with the excitement they had with against that U.S. Uh, against the U.S. squad a couple months back, you know that gained so much publicity and press. Do you know how many, like there were so many people? Uh, I remember just looking at my Twitter feed. I've never seen so many people talk about uh, the next game where they played in Orlando and got blown out. But I, yeah. it was there was so much excitement, so much anticipation uh, about that, right? And you know, if they do keep on winning, you know, more people are going to cover that team. You're going to see it more on you know the the major broadcasters if you know they they do gain some success. And obviously, again, I think you know the broadcasters have to be looking again down the lo- down the road. They're going to be in the World Cup in 2026, right? Yep. Just yep. because they are hosting it, right? So I think it's just kind of planting the seeds right now. And you know, they have the young talent uh, to see if they can nurture that. And whether they make it into the next uh, the next World Cup, which I think is a bit of a long shot, but again, I think it's all leading up to that 2026. And again, if it's a if it's a good squad and people are excited to watch it. I think it can work in almost any market, right? It's, 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 you know, it's national pride, you know? I think any market can kind of get behind that, don't you think? Well, no, for sure. And uh, I also went to the Canada-Nigeria uh, exhibition game, and uh, there was a, a couple of uh, NBA players who were actually, who actually suited up. But, I mean, Jamal Murray and uh, R.J. Barrett, they were in civvies, and they didn't uh, uh, play in the game, but they were there. And they had it in a smaller venue at Madame Center, which was formerly uh, Maple Leaf Gardens. And it, it was a great atmosphere. It, it was packed. And, you know, maybe you do start uh, smaller, uh, uh, whether uh, Empire Field in Vancouver is still uh, operational and York Lions Stadium, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a fraction the size of uh, BMO Field, for example. But maybe a 10, 15,000 seat venue, you know, especially for uh, a program that's, uh, on the rise, shall we say, uh, you know, a 15,000 seats uh, stadium, it's a great place for 15,000 people. But if those 15,000 people are at a big stadium like BC Place or uh, Rogers Center, then I mean, you know, it doesn't really look too great. But that's the way I see it. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, and especially uh, with the way things are going, that uh, Canada's uh, uh, national soccer program is uh, still in uh, really good shape. But, uh, you know, finally, just as we close here, I, I, I do want to ask, uh, you know, with the, uh, obviously, the popularity of uh, soccer and football, hockey, basketball, baseball, you know, you have uh, some uh, strong uh, series uh, with uh, your talk series as well as uh, the various watch parties that you do have. Is there a possibility that we could see uh, homestand sports participating in like the uh, the wrestlings of the world the olympics is uh is there a possibility of doing something like the oscars <laughs> the, the oscars is a good one yeah it's you know what it, it, it's obviously all those are out of the question right it's all event television viewing right people are all wanting to kind of get together and watch you know watch those events um do I have anything confirmed with those? Uh, not at the moment, but again, we're we're always looking to expand, right? Whether it kind of it, it goes into kind of those sports, and obviously, I think the Olympics are going to be very exciting coming up. In uh, the, the it's the Summer Olympics, I believe, right? Twenty twenty, um, yeah. and you know those those will be you know people really want to watch those, right? So we, we kind of have to see 
what the appetite is for you know certain events. They don't know how many people are going to be wanting to stick around for uh, you know a three and a half hour watch of a marathon or however long sure, they are. Sure. But um, but yeah, it's just kind of like being able to pick and choose uh, the certain events that kind of would bring a lot of excitement, a lot of notoriety, uh, or a lot of you know eyeballs to it. Um, but yeah, we're always looking to grow. You know, it's whether it's you know any different type of sport that people want to watch. If we can get a group of people to come watch it, why not, right? We can kind of put a show together. There's there's so many knowledgeable sports pundits in Toronto, Canada, you name it, that, you know, we've kind of now have this brand behind us of kind of what we do. And we can, have, can explain it in a, a professional fashion that, I feel like we can we can kind of pull off whatever whatever we can try, right? So it's all just kind of about doing the proper groundwork before, doing the research to see if the you know the the actual event would work. But yeah, why not, man? Oscars party would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, there's a couple of great movies, that's for sure, uh, uh, coming out. But, uh, you know, Sam, uh, well, speaking of events that are definitely uh, confirmed, you have an event coming up on Saturday. Uh, it's a little hockey with, well, the uh, one of the biggest rivalries in uh, hockey uh, today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you have going on in, uh, in sa- on Saturday? Yeah, February 8th, we've got a Puck Talks watch party at the Rec Room Roundhouse downtown Toronto, uh, and the evening will be hosted by Lisa Lynch host Andy Petrillo, which I hopefully most of you guys know who that is. He's a fantastic sports broadcaster with a lot of stuff with obviously TSN and CBC. But yes, Andy Petrillo will be there for the at the rec room, least Canadians, lots of trivia, prizes, you know, having a good time. One of the biggest rivalries in the NHL least perhaps. So yes, February 8th, puck drop, I believe it'll be at 7 p.m., so we'll have our panel starting about 6.15, 6.30. So, yeah, make sure you get there early, save yourself a spot. But, yeah, it should be a good night. And uh, what about social media? For anybody who wants to uh, follow you on uh, Twitter, uh, why don't you uh, give a plug on the uh, the website where they can learn more of events? Yeah, so our website is homestand uh, homestandsports.com. And it's kind of a, a little complicated in terms of where you can kind of follow us. But you just tell me which sport you like, and uh, I will kind of put it out there. So our uh, basketball one is at Hoop Talks. Our Pitch Talks one is at – or sorry, our baseball one is at Pitch Talks. Our hockey one is at Puck Talks. Our football one is at Tackle Talks. And our soccer slash footy, I guess we can call it there, is at Footy Talks. So you can follow there. And if you want to uh, follow myself – I am at Sammy D says on Instagram and Twitter. There we go. What a handle right there. All right, perfect. Well, no, it uh, definitely is self-explanatory, and uh, I'll be uh, sure to uh, repost uh, all of uh, your various handles uh, on uh, at What's Up Podcast, uh, courtesy of uh, What's Up the Sports Podcast here. So, for those of you who are big sports fans and who want to have a little bit more to experience uh, beyond uh, just watching the game. Check out Homestand Sports. I've done it a couple of times. It's a really, really great atmosphere. And uh, Sam uh, Davis is uh, the uh, in-production host. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Really appreciate it. Randy, this is a lot of fun, man. Thanks so much for having me. We will be back after this.
Really hope you enjoyed my chat with Sam Davis of Homestand Sports. If you're looking for something to do on Saturday night and in the Toronto area, you may want to check out homestandsports.com and the rec room downtown Toronto. That'll do it for another episode of What's Up the Sports Podcast. I'm Randy Coure, and we'll talk to you next time.